بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about how the battle of Uhud ended by the Prophet ﷺ and his companions climbing the mountain of Uhud. And when Abu Sufyan and the army of the Kuffar tried to follow them, they were unable to catch them because Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas who was with the Prophet ﷺ was throwing arrows at them. So the Kuffar were not able to advance. So they had to retreat. And this is how the battle of Uhud ended. So now the Kuffar felt that they had avenged their loss at Badr the year before. And they decide, okay, let's take this as a victory. And they decide to go back towards Mecca. So they leave the battlefield and they go back heading towards Mecca. So when the Kuffar left the battlefield, the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they came down from the mountain of Uhud and they saw, they saw the bodies of the Muslims who had been martyred on the battlefield. So as we mentioned, 70 Muslims died on the day of Uhud. 70 Muslims were martyred on the day of Uhud and the Kuffar had mutilated the bodies of the Muslims. And when the Prophet ﷺ came down and he walked through the battlefield and he saw the bodies of his companions laying on the ground and many of these bodies were mutilated, the Prophet ﷺ out of compassion and out of mercy for his companions, he started to cry. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described the compassion of the Prophet ﷺ. بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَؤُوفُ rahim. The Prophet ﷺ towards the believers, he is compassionate and he is merciful. He is compassionate and he is merciful. So when he saw the bodies of his companions lying on the ground and many of them were mutilated in a very bad way by the kuffar, the Prophet ﷺ showed this compassion and this mercy that he had and he started to cry. And at this point, he didn't even know what had happened to his uncle, Hamza. The Prophet didn't know about this yet. But as he was walking through the battlefield and seeing the bodies of his companions, eventually he came across the body of his uncle. Eventually he came across the body of Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib. And when he saw the body of his uncle, when he saw the body of Hamza, the stomach was cut open, the liver was outside of the body. The ears were cut off, the nose was cut off. And this is how the Prophet ﷺ saw the body of his uncle, his beloved uncle. Asadullahi wa asadu rasulih, the lion of Allah and the lion of the Messenger of Allah. Hamza radiallahu anhu was someone who was very dear to the Prophet. ﷺ. And when the Prophet ﷺ saw him in this state, the Prophet ﷺ began to cry. He cried so much and he cried in such a way that Umar ibn al-Khattab said the Prophet was crying so much that I could hear him gasping for air while he was crying. Like when someone is crying and they're crying profusely, 
throughout the cry, you will hear like <gasps> this gasping for air. So the Prophet ﷺ was crying to such an extent that he would gasp for air. And Umar says about the crying of the Prophet ﷺ when he saw his uncle. He cried a cry that made us cry. So the companions around the Prophet ﷺ seeing him cry for Hamza radiallahu anhu, they also cried at that as well. So the Prophet ﷺ, he ordered that these martyrs of Uhud, that they should be buried right there on the land of Uhud. Seventy martyrs, seventy of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ martyred on that land and they were buried there at Uhud radiallahu anhum ajma'een. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with all of them. So after this, the Muslims, they returned back to Medina. And of course, there was a lot of sadness when they returned back to Medina. It's not the same as how they had returned to Medina from Badr the year before. The feeling and the spirits were not the same. Rather, this time, the Muslims, they returned back to the city with sadness in their hearts over the loss of those 70 companions. But... The Prophet ﷺ was not a person who would just surrender to defeat. The Prophet ﷺ was a person who was always proactive and always optimistic. So the next day, the very next morning after the Battle of Uhud, the Prophet ﷺ ordered Bilal, ordered the Mu'addin Bilal an to call out to the people to gather the people who had fought the day before at Uhud and to tell them we're going out again. Those kuffar, they're on their way back to Mecca. We are going to follow them and we are going to confront them again. So the Prophet ﷺ ordered for those who fought at Uhud to once again assemble and gather and prepare to go out of Medina once again. And when the Prophet ﷺ gave this order he made it clear that only the people who witnessed the battle the day before only the people who were present at Uhud only they would be allowed to go out and follow this expedition again no one who was not present at Uhud would be allowed to follow this expedition this was an instruction of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam now amongst these people who were at Uhud, amongst these companions who fought with the Prophet ﷺ at the battle of Uhud, amongst them were those who had been injured, amongst them were those who had been wounded. Even the Prophet ﷺ himself was injured. But that did not stop them from following the command of the Prophet ﷺ. When the Prophet ﷺ told them to get ready and to assemble and to prepare to go after the kuffar once again, they said, Sam'an wa ta'ah. We hear and we obey. So whatever wounds they had, whatever injuries they had, they put that to the side. And they were ready to go out with Rasulullah ﷺ. Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, the head of the munafiqeen. And of course, as we know, Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, he returned to Medina with 300 of the Munafiqeen and they didn't even fight at the Battle of Uhud. Now Abdullah ibn Ubay told the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, 
I want to go out with you as well. I want to go out and follow the kuffar as well. This is Abdullah ibn Ubay, the head of the Munafiqeen. The Prophet ﷺ told him, sit down. I don't need you and I don't want you. Sit down. So Abdullah ibn Ubay was not allowed to go out with them. And only those who had participated in the, in the battle on the previous day were allowed to go out with the Prophet ﷺ for this expedition. Now why did the Prophet ﷺ order this? If you think about it, it's something that's unusual. There were many companions from the Muslim army who were wounded and they had just suffered with a lot of casualties and a lot of losses the day before. So the very next day, they have to prepare again and go out again. So this seemed like something, this would seem like it's something unusual. So why did the Prophet ﷺ order this? As we mentioned before, the Prophet ﷺ was a military genius. And he was very, very intelligent with his tactics and his strategies of war. So he knew, the Prophet ﷺ knew that there was a good chance that the kuffar, even though they were on their way back to Mecca, he knew there was a good chance that they would think about it and they would try to take advantage of the weakened state of the Muslims after Uhud and they would come back towards Medina and try to capture Medina. So the Prophet ﷺ, he was always thinking ahead what could be their next step. So even though they were on the way back to Mecca, he thought that perhaps they will think about it and they will say, look, this is our chance. The Muslims are weak right now. They just suffered from a lot of casualties, a lot of losses. They lost a lot of their men. This is our chance. While they're still weak, we can come in and we can take Medina. So the Prophet ﷺ had this thought in his mind that they may attempt to do this. So he wanted to preemptively prevent this from happening. And that's why immediately he wanted to mobilize his army again. So this was one of the reasons. Also he knew that by doing this, it would uplift the spirits of the Muslims. The Muslims now they're in Medina, they're very sad. They're thinking about what happened at Uhud. How did this happen? Their moods are down. So the Prophet ﷺ knew that this would lift their spirits. If he says, let's go out. We're not going to let them off the hook. We're going to go out and follow them. We're going to fight them again. He knew that this would uplift the spirits of those Muslims. And he knew that this would give them a chance at redemption. They could rectify the mistakes that had been made the day before. They were being given a second opportunity. They were give, being given a new chance. So the Prophet ﷺ knew that this would encourage them and this would lift their morale. This would lift their spirits. Also, this would strike fear in the hearts of the kuffar. The kuffar of the Quraysh, they thought that they won this battle and they're going back to Mecca. Now think about it. If the Muslims come back the next day, following them, going after them again, what would be going through the minds of the kuffar? They would be thinking, look, we just defeated these people and the next day they're ready to come and fight us again. So this is something that would strike fear into the hearts of the kuffar. So three brilliant reasons of the Prophet ﷺ to remobilize his army the next day after the day of Uhud in order to preemptively prevent 
the kuffar from coming and capturing Medina in order to lift the spirits and the morale of the Muslims and in order to strike fear in the hearts of the kuffar. So meanwhile, while the Prophet ﷺ mobilized his army and they left Medina, the kuffar were on their way back to Mecca thinking to themselves. They were thinking to themselves about Uhud and about what happened at Uhud. And they came to the conclusion that, yeah, they may have suffered more casualties than us. The Muslims lost 70 men and we didn't lose nearly as many men as they lost. But still, can we call this a victory for ourselves? The Kufar started discussing this amongst themselves. Can we really call this a victory just because they lost more men than we lost? So the Kufar started saying amongst themselves, look, we didn't kill Muhammad. We didn't capture Medina. We haven't destroyed Islam. And we didn't even take any spoils of war. So what kind of victory is this? We can't really call this an honest victory. So they started thinking to themselves, you know, maybe we should turn back. Maybe while the Muslims are still recuperating from their casualties that they suffered, maybe we should actually turn back and we should actually try to capture Medina. So the Kufar thought in this way, just as the Prophet ﷺ expected they may think. So while they were thinking and deliberating, what should we do? Should we go back to Mecca? Should we turn back and head towards Medina? What should we do? While they were still thinking and discussing it amongst themselves, they received news that Muhammad ﷺ and his army were on their way already. They had left Medina and they were on their way to confront the Kuffar. So just as the Prophet ﷺ expected, the Kuffar were caught completely off guard with this. They were like, what? What's happening here? Didn't we just defeat them? And now they're coming after us again? This is something they never expected to happen. So they got scared. They're like, what's going on here? This is something that's unusual. This is something that we didn't expect. What is Muhammad trying to do here? So they actually got scared. And this was actually one of the objectives of the Prophet ﷺ, to scare them. And it worked. They got very scared and they didn't know what to do. They said, okay, now look, now if we go back to Mecca, it's going to look like we ran away, that the Muslims were coming. And instead of confronting them and fighting them like men, we ran away back to Mecca. But if we go and confront them, perhaps we will suffer losses and we'll suffer a defeat like the defeat that we faced at Badr. So they were afraid. They didn't know what to do. So they sent a man named Ma'bad al-Khuza'i. They sent a messenger to the Prophet ﷺ to scare the Prophet ﷺ. So Ma'bad, he goes to the Prophet ﷺ and he says to the Muslims, look, the Quraysh, they are preparing a huge army to come and capture Medina. Even the people who didn't come from Mecca now they're coming as reinforcements and they are going to come with a huge army and they're coming to fight you and they're going to defeat you you should go back so the goal of the kuffar of the Quraysh in sending this exaggerated news to the Muslims was to scare the Muslims so that the Muslims would back off and they would retreat back to Medina so it wouldn't look like the kuffar had fled and ran, ran back to Mecca. Rather, it would look like the Muslims got scared and they went back to Medina. So this was the objective of the kuffar. But it backfired upon them. 
it backfired upon them. Instead of scaring the Muslims, this strengthened the resolve of the Muslims. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he praises those people who answered the call of Allah and answered the call of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to go back out and confront the kuffar even after they had suffered from these casualties and these injuries. They answered the call of Allah and they answered the call of the Prophet And Allah says about them, for those amongst them who had taqwa, who feared Allah and who did good deeds, these people will have a great reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that it was said to these Muslims who answered the call of Allah and answered the call of the Messenger it was said to them that the people, the kuffar of the Quraysh, they are coming in huge numbers. They have gathered to come and fight you. So you should be afraid of them and you should retreat and go back to Medina. فخشوهم. You should be afraid of them. But instead of being afraid of them, what happened? imana. This actually increased their iman. It made them stronger in their resolve. And they said, Allah is enough for us. We don't care. They can bring their whole army against us. Allah is enough for us. And He is the best one who will take care of our affairs. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised these people. And the plan of the kuffar to scare the Muslims, it actually backfired. And the iman of the Muslims was strengthened and they were ready to face and confront the kuffar once again. So the Prophet ﷺ prepared for a confrontation with the kuffar of the Quraysh once again. And he made sure again that he would decide where the battle takes place. He would not allow the kuffar to choose the land where the battle would take place. Rather he ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ himself, he would choose the land. So he chose an area called Hamra al-Asad. And that is about just a few miles outside of Medina. He chose the land of Hamra al-Asad and he set up a camp there for himself and his companions. And they prepared themselves and they got ready for a confrontation from the kuffar. They waited for the kuffar to come to face them to fight. Now when the kuffar heard that their plan backfired and the Muslims did not retreat back to Medina and they were ready to confront the kuffar and they were ready to fight, they felt very, very scared. And they decided not to move forward. They said, no, no, no. We can't do this. We should just continue heading back towards Mecca. They decided not to face the Muslims and they continued on their way back to Mecca and they gave up on the idea of trying to capture Medina. The Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they stayed at Hamra al-Asad for three days. They stayed there for three days waiting for the kuffar to come to fight them. And when the kuffar didn't show up after three days and it became clear that the kuffar had fled back to Mecca, the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they returned back to Al-Madinah. And the news spread amongst the people that Muhammad ﷺ waited for the army of the kuffar for three days and they never showed up. So now the kuffar, they look like cowards. 
and this lifted the spirits of the Muslims. The Muslims felt happy and they felt some redemption after what happened to them at Uhud. So this is known as the Ghazwa Hamra al-Asad. This is known as the Battle of Hamra al-Asad. And no fighting actually took place because the Kuffar were too afraid to face the Muslims at this point. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught the Muslims, he taught the companions many, many lessons from what happened to them on the day of Uhud. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran regarding the battle of Uhud, وَلَقَدْ صَدَقَكُمُ اللَّهُ وَعْدَهُ إِذْ تَحُسُّونَهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He fulfilled His promise towards you. He promised you that you would be victorious and He fulfilled that promise. In the beginning of the battle, the Muslims clearly had the upper hand. And Allah kept His promise to the Muslims. And the Muslims, they were killing the disbelievers right and left. And this was clear from the beginning of the battle of Uhud. So Allah kept His promise and He fulfilled that promise to the Muslims. Hatta idha fashiltum. وَتَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ وَعَصَيْتُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا أَرَاكُمْ مَا تُحِبُّونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept His promise to you and He gave you that early victory. You were defeating them early on in the battle. But then, when you became weak-hearted and you disputed about the command that was given to you by the Prophet ﷺ, those archers who left that hill, وَعَصَيْتُمْ and you disobeyed the commandment of the Prophet ﷺ when you saw that what you loved, when you saw the spoils of the war on the ground, when you saw the dunya, when you saw the materialistic wealth, when you saw that, you disobeyed the commandment of Rasulullah. ﷺ. And after that, the victory was taken away. Minkum man yuridu dunya. From amongst you are those who want the dunya. And from amongst you are those who want the akhirah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He caused the Muslims to be turned away from the kuffar. When all of the chaos of the battle of Uhud ensued, there were some Muslims who actually fled. They ran away from the battlefield. And this was a test as well. When the fighting gets tough, are you going to stay firm or are you going to flee? And there were some who actually fled. And this was a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لِيَبْتَلِيَكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did all of this to test the believers, to give you a test. And some of them stayed firm and patient and they fought and they killed and they were killed and some of them actually fled the battlefield. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of His mercy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ عَفَاعَنْكُمْ And Allah has forgiven you, He has pardoned you. Even those people who fled the battlefield, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave them. وَاللَّهُ ذُو فَضْلٍ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who shows favor upon the believers. So yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested the believers on that day with difficulties. And some of them did well with that test and some of them didn't do as well. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught them a lesson. And he forgave them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared that he has forgiven those people. Even those people who left the hill, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he forgave them. He taught them a lesson and he forgave them. From amongst the lessons 
of the battle of Uhud, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If you suffer from injuries and wounds and you are dealt a blow, then people before you, they were also dealt with these types of blows. And these are the days, some good days, some not so good days that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alternates between the people. One day you may have a victory, one day they may have a victory. One day you may have a loss, one day they may have a loss. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alternates this between the people. And through this, through these trials and these tests and these difficulties and these hardships, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests the people who believe. He tests, are you really a true believer? And he takes martyrs from the people. He allows people to die an honorable death on the battlefield as martyrs. Wallahu la yuhibbu al-zalimeen. And Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not love the evildoers. Waliyumahisa Allahu ladina amanu. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will purify the believers. Wayamhaq al-kafirin. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will destroy the disbelievers. Am hasibtum an tadhulu al-jannah? وَلَمَّا يَعْلَمِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا مِنْكُمْ وَيَعْلَمَ الصَّابِرِينَ وَلَقَدْ كُنْتُمْ تَمَنَّوْنَ الْمَوْتَ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ تَلْقَوْهُ فَقَدْ رَأَيْتُمُوهُ وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْظُرُونَ And before this battle, before Uhud, the people they were saying, we wish to fight so that we will be killed. We want to die on the battlefield. We want shahada. We want martyrdom. And this is something that is easy to say on your tongue. It's easy to say it on your tongue that I want to fight in the way of Allah and I want to die on the battlefield and I want to be a shaheed, I want to be a martyr. You can say this with your tongue and it's not difficult. But the reality of your sincerity, it becomes apparent when you are on the battlefield. You were saying that you want to fight and be killed in the way of Allah? You wished for death in the way of Allah? Now you were on the battlefield and you saw death with your own eyes. But there were some people who fled. There were some people who ran away, who were afraid of death. This was a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another one of the tests that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the believers on the day of Uhud to see how they would react if the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam died or if the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was killed. How would the Muslims react to this? And the rumor was being spread on the day of Uhud that the Prophet ﷺ had died. And this was a test for the people as well. How would they react? Would they continue upon the deen of Islam? Or would they turn back and revert back to disbelief? Muhammad is only a messenger and there were many messengers before him. If he were to die or if he were killed, would you turn back on your heels? Would you abandon Islam? And if anyone turns back on their heels, if anyone abandons Islam, this does not harm Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the least. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will reward those people who are thankful to him. So these are many lessons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he taught the people from the incidents of what happened at Uhud. If you want victory from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have to firmly obey the commandments of Allah and His Messenger. 
and you have to remain sincere in your devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you victory so these were the lessons that were learned by the Sahaba by the companions on that day and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said about what happened on that day and he has said about the mistakes that were made by some of the companions on that day and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has pardoned you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven you so they were forgiven and they learned their lessons may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with all of them inshallah next week we will continue with the seerah of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wallahu alam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in